All right, settle down, settle in. I'm sure it has been a stressful day because every day has a potential to be stressful in this fallen world. But you know what? If you're a Christian, which I hope that you are, I believe you must be, at least you're moving toward it because you're listening to a scripture meditation podcast to get some rest. If you're a Christian, you have every reason to be completely at peace tonight. Every reason to be at peace. And I especially want to greet our listeners in Mountain View, California. This is one of the places in the world that there are the most listeners of this podcast. I wasn't familiar with Mountain View. I have not been very well traveled uh, in this country as I would like to be. And I looked it up and was delighted to see that it's right there in Silicon Valley. And it looks awesome. looks like an awesome place to live. I'm really glad you folks out there in California have found this podcast, and I hope that you're finding it helpful. I want to encourage you wherever you are, if you know anybody who is restless in this world, to share this podcast with them. Uh, This is uh, something that I hope will answer a need by helping people meditate in their hearts upon their beds and be still, which is what God would have us to do when we are restless. And tonight, I want to lead you in a meditation In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 9 and onward. I'm not sure how far we'll get. So here Isaiah is still introducing this book of his prophecies, his oracles, addressed to God's people who had rebelled against him. And he goes on here in verse 9, he says, If the Lord of hosts had not left us a few survivors... We should have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. Now, we'll read on beyond that, but let's just stop right there. We like to just look at the words of the text. So he's thinking here, and he's he's looking at the consequences of Israel's rebellion and how it has just left their country desolate. And he says, if the Lord of hosts had not left us a few survivors, we would have become like Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah, if you're not familiar, these are famous cities from the book of Genesis that God just completely destroyed and did not leave any survivors because of their utter horrible evil and wickedness. God wiped it out. He he wiped it out the same way a surgeon would cut out something cancerous out of someone's body in order to save the rest of the body. And when you read in the Old Testament and God destroys like that, that's what it that's how you should think about it. It's not an immature God throwing a temper tantrum. It is a serious surgeon carving out malignancy. Uh, sin is that serious. And so here Isaiah is reflecting God almost wiped out his own people because of their sin. So he, he's not prejudiced about it. He will not allow this sin to go on even among his own people. But he left a few survivors. That was his grace and his faithfulness in upholding his covenant. So the Lord, If the Lord of hosts had not left us a few survivors, we should have become, we should have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. So he's stating the seriousness of it, and that's a a spot for us to pause. Sin 
is serious. And I would dare say a lot of our restlessness comes often because of sin that has not been dealt with in our own lives. We live in a rebellious, sinful world that does not live by God's laws and God's ways. And so it's inevitable that we get swept up in it. We have our own flesh that still wants to sin. And so let's just take a moment right now and let the Holy Spirit search our hearts. I'm going to give you about 20 to 30 seconds. And what I want you to do is ask God to search your heart and reveal to you any sin that you need to confess, which just means to acknowledge before God in prayer that it is sinful and it's true, and repent of, which means to ask God to help you turn away from that sin and change and instead do do the alternative good instead of that sin. So I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to do that. Ask God to show you sin. Confess that sin to Him in prayer. Ask God to help you to repent and turn away from it. Now, as you do that, I have to remind you of the good news because it would be easy reflecting on our own sin to become depressed and despair because we are all so deeply imperfect. And I'm saying that about myself for sure. But the good news of Christianity is that God sent Jesus Christ to pay for these sins. That's what the bloody cross was all about. But Jesus didn't just die for our sins. He arose from the grave. He's alive. He is our living Lord, and He has made a way for sinners like me and like you to be completely freed and cleansed of our sins and made right with Him. So I hope that your faith is fully in Jesus to be made right with God. And because of that, when you confess and repent of your sins, you can trust that God's going to empower you to change and that you already have His love and acceptance because of Jesus. So let's read on in Isaiah. If the Lord of hosts had not left us a few survivors, we should have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah. So Isaiah is getting pretty stern here. And he's commanding them to do two things. He's calling them rulers and people of Sodom and Gomorrah. So he really wants them to feel the seriousness of their rebellion. But what he's commanding here is to hear the word of the Lord and give ear to the teaching or the law of our God. So part of the problem for Israel was that they were ignoring God's word and God's teaching and laws. Now, as God's people today, we still need to hear the word of the Lord, we still need to give ear to the teaching of our God. So let's reflect on that for a few moments. Take about 15, 20 seconds and just think over the last seven days, the last week, how much of God's word and teaching and law have you heard and taken in through podcasts, at church, through your own scripture reading, 
the reading of good scriptural books. Just think back over the last week. How much have you heard? Okay, now, here is the kicker. It's not just about hearing it. It's about listening to it and responding obediently to it. There's a lot of people that take in a lot of God's teaching without ever really growing as Christians because they're not responding submissively to what they're hearing. So now take another 15 seconds or so and think about how have you responded to what you've heard from God's word over the last week? Has there been any deepening of your faith in response to God's Word? Has there been any conviction of sin and confession and repentance in response to God's Word? Has there been any praise and worship toward God in response to His glories as revealed in His Word? Has there been any shift in how you make your decisions or how you relate to people or how you handle your resources in response to God's word? Here in the book of Isaiah, he wants to prompt God's people to perk up to listen up, to pay attention to God's Word. And then he conveys God's Word. Remember, he's a prophet, so he can convey God's revelation directly in a way that I can't. All I can do is point you to the book of Isaiah. But Isaiah himself was a prophet of the Lord. And so here's what he wants them to listen to in verse 11. There's quotes around this. So he is conveying God's Word directly to God's people. He writes, What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. Now this is really interesting because all these sacrifices were pretty central to what God had told his people to do in relation to him. He had set up this whole sacrificial system in order to teach his people that sin is serious. It required blood atonement. It was all prefiguring and foreshadowing Jesus and what Jesus would do on the cross. But it was clearly something he had asked his people to do and something he wanted his people to do. But here he says, what does any of it mean to me? And he says, I've had enough of it. And he says, I do not delight in it. Now, we're going to learn a lot more about why he says that when we get into the following verses. And we're going to stop here for tonight. But I'll go ahead and tell you why he feels this way. It's because the people were going through these religious 
activities with their hands while their hearts were far from God. While they were living in heart-level rebellion, they were still doing hand-level religious exercises. And God does not delight in that at all. If you are living in ongoing unrepentant sin, do not try to cover over that with religious activities. Don't think that you can go to church and that religious activity will counterbalance your sin. It doesn't work that way. Your ongoing unrepentant sin defiles your religious activities. It turns it into hypocrisy. So let's think back over the last, let's say, month and think about your religious activities over the last month. Maybe going to church, maybe uh, taking communion, maybe singing songs. Maybe you consider listening to this podcast a religious activity. Maybe giving offerings or charitable giving. Now, how much of that do you think really pleases the Lord because it was done from a pure heart that was not harboring any unconfessed, unrepentant sin? And how much of that do you think actually displeased the Lord because you were in ongoing unrepentant sin? Give you That's a hefty one, so I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to think on that. How much of your religious activity over the last month was tainted by unconfessed, unrepentant sin in your life? Now, if God has brought something to mind during the course of this meditation, some sin, your quickest route to true rest is to go straight to Him based on Jesus' death on the cross for you in humble confession and repentance. It sounds like this. Father, I confess that I have sinned in this way, and it is wrong, and it's rebellion against you, and I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me? based on what Jesus did for me on the cross. And then repentance, which sounds like this, Father, I, in my own willpower, am not able to turn from this sin. So I ask you to please, by the power of the cross, by the power of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, please empower me to turn away from this sin. And I'll pray for you these things right now. And uh, if, if the Lord has not revealed any sin in your life, then that's something to rest in in of itself. Just rejoice in God's work of sanctification. Because apart from that, we would all just be neck deep in our sin and rebellion. But let me pray for you. And let this be the meditation as you continue to rest. Uh, just praying your way toward a completely clean slate with God. Completely clear conscience with Him. Completely fresh based on Jesus' death on the cross. Let me pray for you. Father, I am so grateful that this person has chosen to listen to this scripture in order to get some rest. I know that you prompted them to do it. 
Uh, there's no other explanation for why someone would listen to a meditation about sin in order to rest, apart from the fact that you're wanting to talk to them through your word. So I rejoice in that, and I pray that you would convict them if there's sin in their life, and that it would be clear and from the Holy Spirit that they wouldn't wallow in uh, Satan's accusations or um, false guilt or false shame, but that if there's sin, it would be clear that you'd make that plain to them and enable them to confess that to you and enable them to repent. Make their sin that they used to love become disgusting to them. Let them hate it the way you hate it. Let it be a foul-tasting thing to them. And let them instead love the alternative good that they could be doing instead. Give them your perspective of it. Change their hearts. Free them from any sin they're tangled up in. Let them experience the deep, wonderful peace that comes from being cleansed of all sin. And let them claim the promise from Romans that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And please bless them and keep them in Jesus' name. Amen.